All right, welcome back to Technology for Business Sake. And my next guest, it's hard to believe, but I met my next guest about, oh, it was a little over four years ago at something I bet, I wonder if he remembers, the rock stars of social CRM. Oh, great event. <laughs> Back in uh, 2008, it was thrown together by the folks at, it was Radiant 6, now it's Marketing Cloud by Salesforce.com. But uh, the director of global social media for Citibank joins me today, Frank Eliason. Frank, thanks for joining me today, sir. Well, thanks for having me. I forgot all about that event. That was one of the most fun events we've I've had ever. Uh, and you know, it, it, it it's kind of sad this week. Cause I, I think that some of the people at Radiant Six are lost their jobs this week. And yeah. you know, my best goes to all, all those people that were impacted because they're a great group of people. Uh, Absolutely, totally agree. I mean, that was that was one of the very first social CRM focused events that I participated in, and, that, and I thought it was really cool. Exactly. And, you know, the, the conversation that we had then is still some of the conversation we have today, which is quite interesting. So the video is still out there. People can watch it and get a lot of insights from it. Absolutely. And just last week, we, we were on another panel at the Pivot Conference that was focusing a lot on social, uh, social media and customer service. So before we jump into all that, maybe uh, we could get a little bit of your personal background. I, I mentioned who you are, your director of global social media now for Citibank. You also wrote a really cool book called At Your Service. So let's talk a little bit about you before we jump into the whole conversation. Most people probably remember me more from my work while I was at Comcast. So I'm the guy who founded Comcast Cares. Uh, I view myself as just a simple customer service guy. I look at social media with that hat on. And, you know, as I as I think as we look around right now, I think that's a hat that really makes a lot of sense to look <laughs> at social media with. I think so. <laughs> so you've had a, you know, a, just a vast amount of experience with when it comes to social media in general, but really particularly when it comes to customer service. So here we are in 2012, about to go into 2013. You started this four or five years ago. Where, where are the differences? What are the big differences? What are the, maybe the, some of the biggest remaining challenges when it comes to integrating social into customer service from your perspective now as opposed to when you first got started? Well, I think it's actually, you know, a lot of things have changed, although a lot have stayed the same. I think that what we've seen is we just went through a phase where, you know, social was sexy and, like, people were doing all kinds of things uh, to be social uh, and, you know, come out with these campaigns, et cetera. And, you know, it was exciting times. And now people are realizing a few things, which is it's really tough. You know, it used to be if you were a business and you did something in social, it had pop to it. Today, virtually anything a business does does not have pop. Mm. Um, you know, and what's going on, what tends to have pop, if you watch really what's going on in social, it tends to be more customers who are saying good things or <laughs> more often than not, really bad things. <laughs> um, and those things tend to go more viral than anything a company does anymore. Yeah. And when we look at like you know things like Facebook fan pages, people move to the mobile screen, and you know they're trying to clean up their news feed so it's what they really want, and that doesn't always include businesses. Hmm. Now, when you first started, you you were started you started with social media really from the perspective of customer service, from mm -hmm. actually trying to make the life of the customer happier. Do you see a lot of companies starting with that today, or are they really looking at 
customer service over social channels through the prism of promotion? Uh, I think they, they were looking at it from promotion, and I think what people found is it really just didn't work. Um, and so, you know, that did go on. And then from there, uh, you know, their customers were talking back to them. Mm. And as they talked back, you know, as, as they talked back, people said, oh, you know, it, they, they want social service is what they want. Mm-hmm. And it's really fascinating to me because, you know, I, don't, I haven't found customers that really want social service. What I found is customers who want the right experience, mm. the right time, meaning if I call, I want a good experience. I want a good experience with the product so I don't even have to call. Um, and what's going on is they don't get that. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, now, you know, they voice their frustrations in social. Hmm. And that is something that's going on. Not that long ago, I did a whole presentation about this, and I called social media customer service complete failure, and I have reasons for it. Um, but I, I made the point that customers don't want social service. They want it handled the right the first time. And there was someone from a major pizza chain that was on a future panel during that same seminar. And she said, our customers, they want social service. (laughs) And I was fascinated by this. (laughs) So the first thing I did was pulled up their Facebook page. And the first post I saw was, I called three times and you still can't get it right. (laughs) I'm thinking they did not want social service. (laughs) They wanted a pizza. (laughs) That is correct. Exactly. So, you know, these are things that we have to think about. We, you know, we have to understand that there's differences going on, and we need to get these things done right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, in other words, what happened at Comcast, oh, look at what all these companies did in social media in the early days, because there's a number of things that were done. But as I look at those things, you know, a few things. At Comcast, I'm not saying Comcast service is where it should be now. In fact, I, I have my views on where they've gone since leaving. But I think that they have worked to try and get better. And they were taking this feedback in everything we were doing, and we were working it throughout the organization. Most companies are not doing anything with that feedback. You know, they're trying to put out the fire for the person who's allowed. Uh, but in... And what they're really doing is sending a message to the world. You know, you don't like what we do through these other channels? Blast us in social, and then we'll help you. That's probably not a great business move. <laughs> you know, so you have to focus on what's broken. And But I, I think the companies missed the boat on a lot of things that happened in social back then. Because, you know, when I remember the first companies out in social, you had Comcast, you had Dell, you had Starbucks, you, you had H&R Block. Uh, Southwest Airlines. These were the the first companies out in social. And what was really interesting is, you know, people try and replicate what a lot of these companies did. But there's a big difference. We always knew the people behind it. Mm -hmm. So they knew me as Comcast Cares. They knew Brad Nelson as Starbucks. In fact, when Brad used to take a day off, people would blast them (laughs) because it wasn't Brad. So they, they missed the boat on this personal side of it, because they, and they tried to make it all about business. I think that's one of the things that is really missing in what companies do in social media. Their employees are their greatest asset, and they're really strong at making the company truly social. 
you know, this is an amazing time where you can actually you know, get to know the customer for what they want the world to know about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, we talk a lot about social CRM, and sometimes when I hear social CRM, I cringe. <laughs> for me, <laughs> CRM was a specific use and a specific way of looking at certain tools. It wasn't about publishing to Facebook. Uh-uh. It was about this information about your customer. It was about, oh, here's their sales history. Oh, and last time I visited this office, this person liked this, this person liked this, and don't do this with this person. Social gives us that capability. So I take a more pure view of what social CRM tools should be. Mm-hmm. It's more than just listening. It, it's this connection to this the information that really allows you to have that personal connection. Do you think companies were providing the right kind of customer experiences, the right kind of customer service before social? (laughs) No. (laughs) We've been in the dark ages for customer service for 20 years or more. Mm. You you look at, we talk technology and, you know, everything else. In the past 30 years, the amount of technology that's gone into customer service is amazing. New tools come out all the time, the latest gadgets. Yet think about it as a customer. Do you think customer experience is better now or better back then? Hmm. We try to make it all a process. Mm-hmm. We try to make it, <laughs> we, we have the process flow for everything. <laughs> Unfortunately, we forgot to give a copy of that process to the customer. <laughs> yeah, maybe they should have had uh, rights of approval over the process. Before. <laughs> you know, it's simple things. <laughs> you know, we, we, and our goal was what? To lessen costs. We wanted to make it a process so we could outsource it. Yeah. You know, everything was an effort to lower costs, but everything wound up reducing the overall customer experience. If you were to talk to customers, their objective is to have the best possible experience that they can have. Whereas the company, it's call reduction times, get off the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, think about it. Companies do this all the time, and social media is one of those areas where companies have to learn if you could tap into one's passion, people would praise you, and they would do all kinds of different things. But instead, we, we tend to destroy it or still tap into it. I, I just flew, flew back um, from Miami yesterday, and I was flying on United. And when I flew back, I, I got to the airport early. And you know, so I looked, and you know what, there's, there's an, an, a flight, earlier flight. Um, so instead of having to wait five hours for a flight, I could take a flight in two hours. Hmm. said, okay, you know what, I'd like to do this. Can I fly standby? No. Well, you, well, you can, but you have to pay $75. Just to fly stamp, just to go on standby. That is correct. And <laughs> now the, the plane had tons of seats. <laughs> so what, what are they doing? They're taking a time where my goal, my sole goal is to get home. I'm highly passionate about getting home. Right. And instead of living up to my passion, you try to make money off my passion. Mm. So what did I do? I paid the $75, but then blasted the brand (laughs) for doing this. And it's funny because I actually do like the brand in general. I think they have a lot of challenges, but I actually like their CEO, and I think they'll overcome some of those challenges. But this is all airlines seem to do this. And, you know, why do we hate cable companies? 
I, you know, cable connects us to the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really interesting because I had probably the best customer service experience and best product experience while I was with Comcast. I tended to know some people while I was there. <laughs> and, you know, it was really interesting. I didn't even have an outage for three years. Wow. Right before I moved, uh, I actually had an outage. My first reaction was, damn that Comcast. <laughs> now, wait, I had them for three years with no problem. <laughs> have one time where there's a problem. It only lasted for a few hours. And, and by the way, the reason for the outage was not even their fault. It was an electrical issue that was impacting um, one of their delivery areas, but you know, it wasn't caused by them. Mm-hmm. And you know, but my instant reaction without even calling, without even talking to them. Why? Because it took away my internet. Right. Uh, and your key to the world. <laughs> it's my key to the world. You know, and so once I, I did that, you know, I came to that realization. It's like, you know what? A lot, certain companies and cable companies, I'll say, would be among them. You know, I'm not saying they have great service. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but even if they did have great service, we would have that same reaction. Mm. And it's because we have a high passion for it. It's very hard to tap into that passion. But when, you know, the fact is, the time that passion's really going to come out is when there's a problem. Right. And that becomes <laughs> really difficult. So uh, these are things for companies to think about, but they also should be thinking about how do we tap into it? Yeah. And there's ways to tap into it and get dedication. And I think that they're missing that. You know, they don't realize, you know, they're bringing people home who want to get home, but they're also sending people on vacation who are looking to get away. Right. You know, these are high passion points. Do you think that companies, you know, when it comes to technology, these companies try to use the technology first and foremost to drive down costs as opposed to improving their experience? It's even proved, it's even some reports show that the employees themselves feel like if you give them the opportunity, they can help create better customer experiences and keep customers longer. But are companies going to get to that point anytime soon, to, to look at it that in that perspective? No. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to be blunt about it. You know, look at how we look at a customer. So many companies look at customers with one thing that, you know, what is the customer's lifetime value? The dollar metric, the financial metric, right? That financial metric. There's one thing that drives me insane is when I hear any company talk about a customer's lifetime value. <laughs> because if you're doing it right, that value should be consistently increasing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and it becomes interesting to me because you know, there's a finite number of people that can be your customers. It, this is about relationships. And what fascinates me about social, because social really is about relationships. You know, it's the core to what businesses at one time were about. Right. But my view is, and I talk about in my book, you know, we've gotten to this metrics-driven society. I call it, you know, we've just gone through a phase I call it the Jack Welsh era for, in honor of uh, Six Sigma. And, you know, what we do, we made everything about metrics and measurable, et cetera. What really becomes interesting with that, you know, as we made it about numbers, we took away people's art form. Um, we, we made everything so finite. But people have a craving when they go into work to be artistic. It's a natural craving we have. Mm. And I watch people with Six Sigma projects. It used to crack me up. 
because what would they do? They would go for Six Sigma is about the, the numbers will guide you where you go. The data guides you. It's not your opinion. It's the data. So what they would do? Let's find data that tells the story I want to tell. Prove themselves right. Yeah. And so, you know, my view is we keep trying to get process and we keep trying to take the human element out. But the human element is what makes our society so great. We have to bring that human element in. It, it, it's empowering. It's uplifting. And actually, you know, would you rather go to, to your job each day having to follow a script, you know, verbatim, <laughs> or would you like to go into work each day and have a little free thought? And I would, I would say that uh, having the human element is actually good for business because you're doing business with other humans. The more human you can be, the longer the relationship has the chance to be. That's exactly it. And, and what's really fascinating is we're hitting a, a time where people, you know, people look on social media and they, they find it to be all negative stuff and a lot of people, you know, blasting all kinds of things. I don't necessarily disagree with some of that stuff, but part of the reason is we've driven people to that point. Hmm. And, you know, I think that it's easier not to do that when you do have that human connection, when you feel very differently. And these are the things that we can certainly do in social. So, you know, I do personally like to not focus on some of those negative things that I see out there, the negative people out there. You know, you know the type, you know. If you don't agree with this, you're an idiot, you know. <laughs> the, I ignore those type of people. They're, they're not worthwhile. But I, I do like the people that are basically saying, you know what, we need to redefine. Mm-hmm these things and let's work on it together frank hey i appreciate you for taking time where can people learn more about uh some of the things you're writing about and also where can they find your book uh, my book's available pretty much anywhere books are sold it's available in uh kindle format uh, apples f- format or barnes and noble's nook format as well as in um hard hardback edition oh and it's now available in audio edition uh, so it's available in pretty much all the major formats that are out there, and you can find it anywhere books are sold. 